0: You're listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma, and I'm your host, Trish Gloss, Master of Wine, wine sharer, Claire Tooley on the podcast today. And y'all, Claire understood the assignment. She not only answered my questions with so much heart, but she really let me in. She let me behind the curtain. We dug a little deeper in this interview, and I loved every second of it. I met Claire this summer in July at the Oregon Wine Experience Wine Competition. She was a wine judge. And it was fascinating uh, watching her work, listening to her discuss some of these wines that are right in my backyard. Pretty incredible. When I met her, I knew there was a lot more I wanted to learn about her. British parents, she was born in Spain. She spent the first seven years of her life in France. She talks about how magical that was. And really this lifestyle of moving around, which she did with her parents, uh, she wanted to expose her own boys too. Uh, she talks about discovering wine in Notting Hill and how it led her down this path uh, to the world of wine. She started her Master of Wine Studies in 2012 really as a way to get back to something that she loved so much and was so passionate about. A lot of really fun stories in this interview, but what I got out of it the most is that, yes, she says she's a wine sharer, but she says what's maybe more important than sharing is listening listening. Here's Claire Tooley. <laughs> so exciting. Oh, watch my language. <laughs> Please don't watch your language. There's no fun in that whatsoever. Claire Tooley, <laughs> I met you in July in, during this beautiful weekend of the Oregon Wine Experience Wine Competition. Um, That's right. For those, of the, for those who know about this competition, we bring in six judges from around the country, around the world incredible judges and you were one of them this year and I was so excited as soon as I heard as soon as I heard your accent actually I was like
1: (laughs) so does that mean I can say anything
0: Trish at any at any point (laughs) you're joking that's true though I I swear if if you're in America and you have an accent you can say really whatever and people are like oh that's so darling (laughs)
1: And what I find though, Trish, is that even to this day. So I've lived in the States now for nearly nine years, and there's barely a week goes by when I don't say something. And there's a sort of slight kind of look of 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 sort of I, curiosity or or kind of blank kind of what has she just said? Because I've used a word or an expression or a you know that that just isn't used here. And it, and it doesn't matter how long I live here. I, I clearly we we the language is the same. And yet it's and yet it's just not.
0: <laughs> it really isn't. It's not no. the same. Um, and thank goodness, who wants to be? Yes, a, I know. Who wants it all to be I the agree. same? Barf. I agree. Um, Claire Tully, you're a master of wine. And I love on your Instagram, you also call yourself a wine sharer. Um, yes, we're gonna talk about master of wine. For, for a lot of people. Like I kind of know what it means. But I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what you know sommelier master sommelier sure. master of wine like what does that actually mean we're going to get into all the wine stuff but first i want to get into the claire stuff i read that you were born in spain i was okay yeah so
1: so so sort of randomly um my my parents um uh my my both my parents are british and my father was working in spain at the time he worked for an organization called the british council which basically meant that um a little bit like the diplomatic service would be moved from country to country every sort of three to four years. And at that point in there, in his career, he was in Madrid. Hmm. So that's where I was born.
0: Okay. How long were you guys in Spain?
1: Oh, just, well, my parents were there for, for three years, but, um, but I was born in that sort of final year. And so we moved, um, pretty quickly from there to Paris. And so my parents were in Paris for um, actually nearly seven years. And so that's where I spent my sort of early childhood. And um, I I credit that to um, having a really, really happy uh, childhood. My parents were supremely happy in Paris. They had a a, a really wonderful experience there. And I think that that was obviously uh, transferred to me. And I think it's also clearly where I... Feel or felt most at home, and 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 that's why I sort of subsequently, years later, took my own children back to France so that they could have a similar uh, sort of upbringing, if you like, um, in a country that I that I, I love, that I love.
0: I feel like people who um sort of live that way abroad I guess where mm-hmm. you know maybe they were born in this place but then they go away for college and then they go find their first job is in this town or a different city or a different country or they they move they go across the globe during college and they travel. Yes. I feel like you're a little bit more well-rounded versus someone who maybe lives in the same town like their entire life. I don't know.
1: I, d- I don't know. I, d- I don't know about that. What what I know for sure is that um it it certainly had an impact on me growing up in another country um having a second language that came very easily and naturally because that was just you know children pick up so 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 quickly and right. it never it was never a struggle um but that sort of idea of communication and and and, and finding ways and understanding that there are different there are Different languages to use, different different expressions, and just different different habits, and and that that is great, and that that is um, that's what makes uh, life so exciting. And and I know that it I know it had a huge impact on me, and I know that it's the reason why I've had sort of this wanderlust ever since. That that um, uh, that whilst I sound very British and England is 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 home as such, it's it's actually not home is really wherever you create it. Um, and uh, that idea of of having an opportunity to see the world and live in other in in, in other places, and um, you know, meet people, meet people you you'd never meet if you just stayed at home. It's 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 that's what's so exciting. So having that opportunity was something that I I don't take for granted, but it was something that I really wanted. As I say, I wanted my children to have a similar wanderlust, if you like. So um, moved have moved them to three different countries as a result I, I they, they, they they don't want to go anywhere else now they're happy in America <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well I I grew up in South Carolina and I moved to Las Vegas when I was 16 right and I that was brutal that was really brutal right. for me as a 16 year old but yeah. looking back I'm really happy that again I did that because it really did broaden sure. my horizons it opened my eyes to a whole different world out there so sure. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: So you learn a lot about yourself as well in the process that, that, that much I'm, I'm convinced of as well. And, um, you know, learning your sort of your, your place in the world. And, um, that's also part of it, but we're so, you know, we're so fortunate our generation, um, to, to, to have that, to have that opportunity, you know, and, and to be, to be able to, uh, to, to, to travel, um, and for it not to be, um, uh, you know, for it, also for it not to be considered anything other than uh, uh, a rite, you know, a, r- a rite of passage to be able to move around, I think is something that I, um, let's say, I don't take it for granted, but it's absolutely something that I believe in. For sure.
0: And I do, I love the home is where the heart is, right? So that's oh, where,
1: for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you create that, you create that home wherever they were. And that's exactly what my parents did. So, so they moved around a lot, but wherever they were, was home to me didn't matter and they they went from france they went to mexico for four years they lived in poland for four years they lived in belgium for three years and so all of these different places were were home
0: fantastic were they i always i'm always curious about um you know the, like the family life was was food important was gathering around the table important um
1: yeah oh for, yes it was definitely um Wine, it's funny, I, I I sort of fell into wine, but now when I look back, um there was always wine on the table. We didn't talk about wine particularly at home. My, my my parents enjoyed wine and but they never sort of labored it and it was always part of part of a meal, you know, part of the part of the entertainment. It wasn't something that they um spent a lot of time discussing. But obviously because of because of their travel and because of their work actually there was a lot of entertaining um a lot of so a lot of parties a lot of lunches a lot of dinners so I think wine was always part of that and obviously so was food and entertainment really hospitality
0: right that's so funny mm. same here I mean just always and really wasn't so much entertaining as like come on in and have and fix a plate and sit down you know right for, for, exactly, for exactly exactly
1: yeah. Um, but yes. I do,
0: I love that idea that, um, you know, food was always very important and wine. My parents never talked about wine, but they drank wine and wine was yes. something very interesting to them. So then it sort of became yes. interesting to me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and also, I suppose, um, you know, being, living in France, um, for example, um, you know, it was traveling to the different wine regions and and, and sort of, you know, enjoying, enjoying that, enjoying the bottles, literally sort of that had been, you know, that had come from, uh, from the adjoining vineyard or village or whatever. you. And so I suppose, I suppose that was something that clearly I, I, I had in my childhood, but wine, I'd never, I never considered the wine industry as a, as a possible career. I mean, that, that came, you know, that came really out of the blue, but, but later, you know.
0: So I read you went to Clare College, which I just think yes. is so lovely. <laughs> Um,
1: it's an old it's one of the oldest cambridge colleges yeah yeah
0: it, it was founded in 1326 i looked this up there second you go. oldest surviving college <laughs> of the university of cambridge
1: wow that's right Would yes, you... it's beautiful yeah, yeah
0: it looked it looks stunning uh what did you go mm-hmm.
1: to study oh modern languages so french <laughs> and spanish so um a little bit of a cheat there because obviously i i had <laughs> I'd had an experience of living in both both countries so um but it was very much a literature based degree, uh, which I loved. So, um, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, and that's still to this day, something that I, um, would love to find time to do more of, but certainly, uh, that sort of literature, literary based as opposed to language based.
0: Yeah. I actually, I've read a few of your, I I don't know if they're like necessarily blog entries. It was on, uh, timatkin.com. Yes. Yes. He's
1: very, he's, he's very kindly published. Um, things that i write yes i i have written and i i wrote for a little while for decanter magazine as well which um was a real honor and uh and uh, and you know i i write i write when i when i'm inspired um wine you know again wine and actually just life in general has has so many moments of what i call clarity that allow you to perhaps express yourself in a way that um uh, or encourage you to express yourself in a in, in a way that is uh, different from your you know from your from your day to day.
0: Yeah, um, tequila does that for me. Lots of clarity with
1: tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that that's unwritable. That's...
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a quote. Everybody you don't always want
1: to capture that. Not for posterity. Push. Right.
0: Right. 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 <laughs> There's a quote everybody says came from Hemingway, but it wasn't. It was a fictional character. He wrote, He said, write drunk, edit sober, Ernest right. Hemingway. Um, and I just, you know, obviously. He... <laughs> what are you
1: suggesting, Trish? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Drink more wine and write more, Claire. No, but there I do think. There we go. You're All right, right, thank you.
1: I'll take that away in hot. <laughs>
0: right? There I'll is something when you have, right, when you have that, like, first few sips of wine, oh, everything sure. just kind of, like, opens up and mellows out right uh,
1: absolutely absolutely it does and and um you know that sort of relaxation process that sort of allow allowing your mind to wander a little allowing your your sort of senses to you know to expand (laughs)
0: yeah
1: um yeah okay
0: uh, so when did you discover wine when did you get bitten by this bug
1: um i would say uh i would say that it was it was in my 20s and um I had been working. I'd left university, left Clare, uh, with this sort of wonderful and useless literary degree, <laughs> and worked um, worked for a violinist, actually, for a musician. So music is my other is my other passion, and thought that I could go somewhere you know in the world by being a, a sort of an assistant to, to a musician and so I worked for him for a couple, 18 months or so and realized that whilst he was traveling the world playing his violin I was sat back in a sort of tiny office um, on my own and that really wasn't quite what I'd Im- imagined so I answered an advertisement in a newspaper for a job a wine job, well, with a, with a wine merchant, but really all they wanted was someone who could type and someone who could speak French. Oh. So it was a sort of it was a glorified secretarial position. And I walked into the offices, which were in Notting Hill in London, and couldn't quite believe my eyes. There was this um, quite bohemian sort of style loft office and this huge tasting slab that had what looked like hundreds of bottles I and mean, must have been about 50 or so open bottles of wine and they had obviously been tasting tasting but it was towards the end of the day and so and one of the one of the winemakers was there and you know it was the, there was this sort of heady atmosphere of, mm. of 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 a wine tasting that had obviously been brilliant it was a it was a burgundian winemaker and I kind of thought, gosh, this, you know, this is a party. Is this really, is this, is this real? You know, is this a, is this a job? Anyway, I started with them. And to be honest, probably didn't get the bug immediately. Got got the sort of bug for the lifestyle and the idea that there was, there was actually more to it than that. You know, that, it, that, that, that there was a business element to this mm-hmm. and that there was a selection process in this and there was a, 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 a relationship business going on here that you, you know, you create relationships with suppliers, with winemakers, with regions, with vintages and so forth. And so bit by bit, I began to realize that, um, you know, this had so many facets to it. And and where I was so fortunate looking back was that they were very generous with me as a young, um, as a young woman in the wine trade in London um, with a, emphasis on classic regions France specifically that had a was still very um you know pretty male pretty male dominated yeah. um the company that I worked for was all about empowering younger and female if you know which is what I want, um to, to sort of to learn and to and to and to and to um you know establish myself and, and they taught me they taught me, they were generous with their time. They, um, I was allowed to travel. I tasted everything I learned from them. And so looking back, I think that's where, um, that's clearly where it started. And I can't imagine, obviously can't imagine doing anything. I have have done nothing since then other than work within that industry.
0: What do you think, what is it about tasting wine? not so much like drinking a bottle with dinner, but when you have this flight in front of you or bottles, open bottles in front of you, and Mm -hmm. you have this person pouring you this little, you know, drop to sniff Mm -hmm. and taste and spit if you want to. What Mm -hmm. is it about that? It's just so like sexy to me. It's
1: romantic. It's beautiful. It's very intimate. It is. It's very intimate. And I I think that's, that's the secret, you know it's 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 a it's a gift, but it's also inviting you personally, intimately to um, uh, create this dialogue with the wine and the person sharing it with you and and I think that that's the, um, it, it's a it's a it creates a bubble um for sure it's a privilege we all know that it's a it's a it's a huge privilege um but it's but it's an invitation you know it's an invitation to you to 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 allow your senses a you know a minute five minutes ten minutes outside of your everyday existence to um you know to question yourself what what is it that i'm what is it that i'm seeing what is it that I'm smelling what is it that I'm tasting but but also and this is where it gets really sexy what is it how does it make me feel what does it make me remember what is it where does it take me where does it you know and that that I think is where certainly for me the fascination and what 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 I love Trish, is I've been doing this for a long time (laughs) I'm very old and I have tasted thousands of wine and I still get a thrill from mm. it I still do
0: that means you you just you found the right spot for you
1: I did how lucky am I I, I right I, I know I know that I feel I the same
0: that. way I feel the same way when you find something that you're good at when you find your your niche right
1: like I just yes. feel so yes. lucky because so many people yes. don't exactly exactly I know I know that I see it every day. And, and that's not to say that um, that's not to say that every aspect of what we do, you and I, you know, doesn't, we don't enjoy everything. It doesn't always go right. It doesn't always feel comfortable. It doesn't, Mm. you know, I've had a lot of failures along the way. I've had a lot of um, challenges, Um, uh, but, but if you know that fundamentally you're within a sphere or a world that is, Um, something that you respond to, but that you're also, you're still curious Mm -hmm. about, that you still want to know more about. Because let's face it, with wine, you're never going to know everything, you know, never. And that's, that's perfect. That's perfect for me. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So John
0: Armit Wines, you signed on to work with them. That's where I started. 1995. Mm -hmm. Um, Correct. What were you doing?
1: well as i say i was typing up a lot of french i was um uh i was actually classifying people's sellers. so so john and um sarah um amanda and susie and john who ran the business they had a portfolio of uh, wine lovers wine collectors and they managed those portfolios for them for their, their sellers so they they did a lot of um uh, you know uh, giving advice on, on on purchasing okay um turning them over and so forth so so I did a lot of administrative work but but John and um John and his team were it was very small there were only eight of us it was tiny tiny group um he was always very um uh very curious about the next the next great regions in the world so so if you can imagine back in the 90s um london was a real center and hub for uh very classic regions burgundy right. bordeaux champagne and the sort of so called new world and, and and regions that were uh beginning to sort of find their own expression on on the international stage um Came to London because they, they they recognized that London was this sort of hub, if you like. Right. That it that it also that it that it was it it was a hub within itself, but it also had this international platform. It was also selling to uh, Hong Kong, to Singapore, to America, and so forth. So, so we had a lot of suppliers, winemakers who came to us with their wine. So Angela Gaia, for example, you know, came to John. First with his wines, and so John was one of the first in London to bring the Gaia wines to uh, to the market. Um, uh, in in California, obviously, uh, you know Opus was beginning, but also uh, Christian Moex was was launching his Dominus wine there. And so and so so bit by bit, John John was very much, and what I saw, what I witnessed, was this was this um, opening up, looking back. And so it's easy to say this with hindsight. At the time, I probably wasn't, I was, True, certainly yeah. wasn't that, that conscious. But looking back, I realised that what I was witnessing was this expansion. And again, this idea that other wine regions were had, had gone from emulating the classics to actually finding their own expression and their own feet and and, and sort of, launching themselves into a wider market and um and obviously that had happened you know that had happened that was happening in the 70s and 80s for sure but I think the 90s were really were really a time when there was a lot of money being spent on wine for example Robert Parker with his scores was was huge you know and and so that sort of development I think was something I witnessed but I I moved from there into actually a very different type of business which was more the everyday drinking wine so sort of less of the esoteric and fine and premium and more of the everyday um uh with a company called Lathwaite's and so that was a sort of that was a move that um I was I was fortunate to have an opportunity to become a, buy, a wine buyer um, but also opened up my palette and my sort of real Mm -hmm. my expectations about the fact that well all these more premium luxury wines were all well and good but what was what was the everyman drinking (laughs) or the everywoman you know yeah and 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 how exciting to go out and explore regions that were much less well known that were not aspiring to make a hundred dollar bottle wine you know three hundred dollars a wine but were making me every day and, and, and bringing that to, um, to more people.
0: Was that a pretty hefty transition for you or did you fall into that naturally?
1: Um, I, I, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a change. Um, again, I was still pretty young and inexperienced in many ways. So it was exciting. Um, I had, uh, I'd started my family during that time, which actually was challenging because i was having to travel and um so looking back again i i um it was it was an exciting time i was always on a plane well it felt like that um i was given south africa as one of my portfolios so i got to go to the cape and 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 buy wine from from extraordinary regions there but i was also juggling beginning to juggle early motherhood as well and so um that was, it was, it was quite, quite a difficult time, actually, thinking sure. back, looking back at it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's funny too, when you look back, you you also think, how in the hell did I do that? How did I do all that? <laughs> right? I know. I, know.
1: I know. I have no idea. Actually, yeah. looking back, I have no idea. Well, I do know I had a lot of help from a great yeah. husband, but, but I, and, but, but no, I, um, you just get on with it. I think if you're driven, um, you, you, you're driven. And that's you just it. get you on know, with it, yeah. Just <laughs> get on with it, yeah,
0: yeah. You do, yeah. you really do. You just get up the next morning and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for yeah. sure. When did you decide you wanted to be on this path to, um, I guess the education path, the wine education path yeah. that so many people, um, um crazily start?
1: <laughs> you know what, you have to be a little bit mad, you do. <laughs> Yeah. Um so ironically I decided to start that pursuit when I realized that I had moved too far away from what I loved doing. And so by that stage I had um you know I I I been promoted, I I had more responsibilities, I was more involved in management and strategy and spreadsheets and you know meetings and less much less involved with the product itself much less involved with wine and that's when I and I realized I wasn't very happy and that and that, that it wasn't fulfilling me it was it was a it was a demand i was demanding what i was doing but it was um it wasn't really what got me buzzing you know yeah. really got me going so I thought, <laughs> naively, that um, if I started, if I went into the MW programme, um, that would sort of, you know, that would bring the spark back. It would, it would make me, it would give me an opportunity to learn. It would give me an opportunity to taste more wine and talk wine and, you know. And, and of course it did all of that. Mm-hmm. Of course it did. But it was also, um, it was really hard. Yeah. and and I, I don't obviously don't regret it but it was uh the, the the first step was more to do with coming what i thought would be coming bringing me back to something that had more pleasure and personal um uh inspiration um and then it turned into then it then of course it turned into a complete mission and 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 a then a, a, a years yeah <laughs> yes
0: well tell me if these dates are right. You started, you started studying in 2012. Yes. And you got your master of wine certification in 2021.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <Trish>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, um, I'm not a math was, major, Claire, but right. it was, a, it was a lot of years. More importantly, it was, um, a lot of wine and uh a lot of tasting and a lot of writing and a lot of um a lot of soul searching actually eventually because um because obviously along that way i i it's it's exam based obviously and um clearly i failed more exams than i passed uh along along the way so and i was i was working full time and um and I have my two beautiful children as well. So it, it was it was a long, long road, mm. uh, and um, obviously, obviously, I, I I kind of got there in the end in terms of in terms of passing it. But it was um, it was a lot more than I it, it was a lot more than I'd ever imagined for sure. But of course, once I once I started,
0: you can't stop. There was
1: you know you got to you got to finish. You've got you got to
0: finish. Was there ever a moment where? Um... I mean was there ever a moment where you're like what am I doing what am
1: I doing oh yes oh not just one Trish lots M- yeah multiple moments multiple moments and but i think any if you ask anyone who has studied um for these sorts of certifications i i imagine the answer would be the same yes yeah. there are absolute moments of of um you know uh what, why am i doing it Right. You know, I think that was more. It was more not what am I doing. It was why am I doing it. You have to re- remind yourself why, and sometimes the why changes along the way. But either way, you have to you have to take the time to when you're at that sort of lowest point. Um, re- remembering remembering the why is what, what was your um, why is important. What? Well, the the why had started by because I knew that i wanted to come back to something to come to 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 come to rekindle uh, the sort of passion i felt at the beginning and then as i went as i went along it was more to do with um why am i doing this well because i'm learning and 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 even though i'm even though i'm failing on certain uh, at at certain moments in 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 an exam in an exam situation the, the reality is that i I know so much more now than I ever did. I'm so much more enthused by it actually. I'm 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 in a position hopefully to convey even more of that outwardly. You know to, to and and this sort of idea of sharing is something that's quite important to me. So so um why why am I why am I wanting to get to this uh level if you like it's well it's because I I believe it to be a standard a gold standard within the industry and i i i would like to be good enough to to be at that you know and so 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 that so that the so that the industry or so that so that wine itself can be taken seriously
0: do you also yeah. think that you speaking of sharing um that you have certain strengths right that while you're doing this, while you're in this world of wine, your strengths, right, are pushing certain things forward. Speaking of sharing, you do yes. have so much knowledge, and um, I, you know, I'm just thinking back to the judges forum. Mm-hmm. Some of the questions that you answered, you could see people in the audience going like, "Aha!" The light bulb. So here you are sharing, right, which mm. is what you're very, very good at. I, I just always think that passion and strength should go right next to each other as we move forward and
1: yes and I um well thank you and that's 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 a real compliment and I um I think that uh it's about discipline though as well Trish it's about you know any when you when you start on any studies that or or anything that requires the sort of level of concentration and focus then it's also it, it also requires a personal discipline and I think that that again is something that maybe spoke to me that it gave me a structure it gave me um an ability also to put things into perspective so my you know my my work is one thing and that's very important and it can be all consuming but but shouldn't be and should never never take precedence over you know my my personal life my family um but neither should my um you know desire to be to sort of improve my mind to learn more to to expand to and and what you find in Uh, the program itself in in following something like the Master of Wine is that um, it's about the people you meet. It's about, it's, it's the ability, it opens the doors to conversations, to questions, you know, you, you find yourself asking questions all the time. And, and you know, there's nothing, there's nothing much as I, much as I love to share There's there's, there's nothing better than sitting listening to someone who, who who's informing you and who who knows something that you didn't know before and 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 you know you're you're I love that I love I love sitting and listening to bright impassioned people who are sharing their experience their wisdom um, their knowledge with you and you take that and 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 start putting it together with everything else that you've Learned and listened and 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 you start to get this sort of glorious big picture I and I love that and that was that was what the program gave me as well as lifelong obviously lifelong friendships and um and uh, uh you know a, a sort of passionate dislike of pinotage <laughs> to taste of a lot of, a lot of different wines and I've definitely come out with some some I just I'm just can't, you know, not my thing. Okay, pinotage <laughs> is one. What's rude. another? What's another? Um I shouldn't have started this, should I? <laughs> is this is that, the good stuff. It's, it's well, no, it's just um uh, Carmen is another one that I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Um, but that's not fair. I I again what the program does is it it insists that you open your yeah. mind to everything. And that you give everything its fair time and space and learning. Um, because because the world of wine is so diverse and so rich and um uh and 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 so colorful. Mm-hmm. It really
0: is. It really is. Um, I love that. The I think we could probably have a whole another podcast interview on listening, because I feel like most people aren't very good anymore at listening. Mm because it is it's a job you really do yes. have to focus um you can't think about what you want to say next you have to really be present in the moment yes. and yes. focus on what the person is saying and i really do feel yes. like as a journalist that's my number one job is not to come up with great questions is to listen
1: mm-hmm. yes and to remove your <clears throat> battle with your unconscious bias at all times all in times. order to really be able to listen yeah right. yeah no I'm, i i agree i
0: mean i'm basically a master of wine it's like the same thing yes. that's right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: um okay uh no i i do love that and congratulations on master of wine i just feel like well thank you i mean i know like again this much on the studies and it just blows my mind really more why you guys continue yeah. and keep going yeah it's like
1: oh my goodness well, we're, we're you know we're we're it I remember someone saying to me you know just be tenacious mm. It be to, it, it, and it, it nothing in life is worth nothing nothing you believe in necessarily comes easily right no, no, nothing that nothing that you, you give real value to Mm -hmm. you know and that's with your relationships with your you know your passions and and so um so sort of holding on to it and 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 following it and pursuing it and trying to be trying to get to be really good at something it's something that I that I think all of us um if we're if we're fortunate um is as I say I, I consider it a privilege
0: so, getting back to you said, music is one of your other loves and passions. Do you play, or
1: well, <laughs> I used to. Okay. I, I used to play the piano. I used to sing. I used to play the oboe. But um, uh, I do none. Well, I still sing, in sort of quietly in the shower. Um, yes. My one of my brothers is a is an opera singer. Uh, so, and his all of his children are very are very musical. So, my I have I have nephews. Um, who all perform um but yes music was I did I did think briefly you know as I say at the beginning of um when I left university that that was probably some a, a, a world that I would like to be mm-hmm. involved in um I'm very glad that life took me in a different direction I'm very glad that I that I went I went to wine
0: um were
1: your parents musical Yeah. yes uh, yes but again sort of um uh, amateur musicians okay. but my mother my mother sang always sang so so all around the house and and oh, I well, you'd always know when she was particularly happy because she'd be she'd be in the kitchen singing oh. and and I can hear her you know I can sort of I can in my memory I can hear it now yeah but, and she had a really beautiful sort of pure soprano voice very very pure very clean and she was um she'd always she was always singing
0: I love that oh I love yeah. that my grandma sang in the church choir which she absolutely loved um and we joke as a family she wasn't the best singer it doesn't matter but she sang the loudest (laughs) which is what i love the most i love that so much that she just got up there and sang her heart out and she just she just sang
1: expression yeah
0: love it so much i love it no i i love singing i i've i've uh played the piano a little bit and i was in choirs and like performing groups my most of my younger life and so yeah yeah i am a
1: shower singer right yeah hardcore absolutely car and in the car i sing a lot in the car really loudly actually because no one can hear me and so and that's my when i drive sort of away from work or yes way to work but away from work that's my sort of the, you know the radio goes on and yeah. <laughs> the volume goes up and
0: I sing my own really, karaoke. yeah, I sing really loudly until I'm at a stoplight and then it just yeah. Of... <laughs> yeah, um Okay, so I want to talk about this move to California because this is kind of where you've settled, right? You you have settled. Yes. You're done. Well, for now,
1: you never say never. Say never. Never say never. You're say you're say done. never. Um, okay. So yes. Uh, We moved here, it'll be nine years, uh, nine years next week, actually, extraordinary to think of. I know, I can't, I can't quite get my head around the fact that we've been here so long. Again, um, wasn't really the plan. The plan had been to be here for two years. That was the contract I had with the company that I was working with at the time. And then um, I got sort of um, hijacked a little by my family but my by my children and and uh, and in fact by my husband who who said actually we you know we really like it here Claire why why don't we stay you know why can't we why don't why don't we think about staying a little longer and then of course had to go through the whole process of um the green card and so forth which we fortunately got uh, which then obviously secured a longer term future here and um my sons are now uh once college and ones at high school and uh finishing at high school and so they're set you know they're, they're set here and I can't imagine I well we won't move them again for sure and I can't imagine moving too far away from too far away from them so yeah, yeah.
0: the high schooler is he a senior
1: he's a senior both of them actually uh, are just going into their senior year yeah you're going to be an I know empty nester. I know, I know what you're going to say. Don't Trish. Don't make me cry. I, it, it's very much on my mind. <laughs> so um,
0: our kiddo left left the house. He came back. So <laughs> right. there, there is that. <laughs> there is the potential that they could come back. Um, I didn't sure. think. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was. I'm not going to lie.
1: Oh. it was brutal. Yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I am. I've been through it obviously once mm-hmm. uh with Lawrence going to college um 3 years ago 2 years ago um oh <laughs> just, you. just a lot
0: i mean you know? waterworks for days
1: yeah it yeah. was it was uh it was tough and and um and of course you know you know you know that they're doing exactly what they should be doing and you're immensely mm-hmm. proud of them and frankly you should be proud of yourself Trish that you know that that you got them there and that they left and you know um but yes the idea of going through it again and then um you know clearly I should have had about five or six kids you know. <laughs> yeah
0: I will say <laughs> you always know, have
1: one spare right? you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> one just a spare just lying around um I chased the rental van when my parents dropped me off at college I chased it I mean I was just Where? I'm such a mama's yeah. girl, and I was yeah. just devastated. But you know, I mean, like you just said, it's just so good for everybody, you know? It's oh. just such a good process.
1: Of co- Of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, we should take pride in that. I don't sure. know why we beat ourselves up about things so much. We should be immensely proud and celebrating and and, and frankly also um, realizing that you've got you've got time back for yourself, yep. really? You know, I mean, cl- clearly they will. Hopefully, they will always come back, and they will always need you, and there will always be opportunities. Um, hopefully to, uh, to be very much a part of their existence. But also, it it it's a it, it's an opportunity to sort of again come back to maybe a few things that um, are important to you. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, whatever those whatever those are, whether that's absolutely. you know,
0: absolutely. So, are you still? <laughs> Are you still writing? Are you writing currently? Um, I have a,
1: I, I yes and no. I have, uh, I always have something. I always have something on the go. Uh, it's never very good. <laughs> so, I, so I, 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 sort of. I, it takes a long time for me to. Well, I say it takes a long time for me. So, so, sometimes it. Sometimes you know the the inspiration comes and I write it and it's done. And um, I would, I do. I do have an ambition to to write a book. I know everybody does, and I know that one shouldn't necessarily put it out there unless one one is going to do it. But I would like to do that, and it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. So there's 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 that sort of in the background. Um, but I'm very busy. I have a very uh, I have a, a, a full time um, uh, day job, which mm-hmm. t- keeps me very very busy, and so the writing is a little, a little on the side.
0: Well, I just, wanna, I just wanna read this really quickly because um, I found this again on timatkin.com and you just wrote it in July of this year, but I just wanna re- read a, a little quick thing to you. Um, we turn to wine for a myriad of reasons in communion, both sacrosanct and social and celebration to mark wars and to make peace. Some of us use it as the vehicle to write. It is a relief often from the chaos of our existence, an elixir that shrinks the big picture to color the tiny pixelations of our personal pods. Never, however, it seems to me, has wine writing offered such an opportunity to expand our minds if the words we use are powerful enough. The whole universe is indeed to be found in a glass of wine. May we find the words to do it justice. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I read that and I, I got goosebumps again. There's oh. just such, there's such beauty in that. And I, I felt a connection to it instantly. So
1: if thank you're you. thinking
0: about writing a book, I'm um, just maybe
1: mm, go for it. <laughs> oh, listen, thank you. Trish. That That's, that's again, huge compliment. Thank you very much. I am. Um, I was inspired to write that. I'll tell you why. Um, I just come back from, germany where i had been um attending a symposium it was actually institute of master wine symposium in wiesbaden and um it had been very inspiring it was a few days of going back to what i said before it was a few days of being able to sit and listen to extraordinarily intelligent articulate people talking about various aspects of the wine industry and various experiences that they um were living through including uh, a, a very moving presentation from uh, a lady from the Ukraine who um was you know presented to us the sort of devastation of their country and um the vineyards and so forth and so that was very moving and then there were many other many other wonderful speakers and I think I was inspired by that experience of wine being global for a start being so connected, with so many aspects of our existence, it's not just alcohol. It's it's a social, it's a piece of history. It's a piece of social interaction. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a vehicle that's used um, for in marketing, obviously for all sorts of um, aspects of communion. Uh, it's also the canary in the in the in the coal mine in terms of the climate and 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 climate change you know it's 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 something that is impacted um heavily by that so 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 many aspects right. that i sort of thought gosh you know there's a lot here there's a lot there's a lot to write about there's a lot to communicate about and i think that, that was what was um what i found very inspiring and then fundamentally it's also um for me always a very intimate very personal um uh moment of truth and clarity and celebration and mood enhancing and you know, privacy as well. Like I I I associate wine with with my privacy as well, my moment.
0: Absolutely. I think too writing when you're inspired like that. Um I know I feel I have to get it out. Like Right yes. Now.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. It's physical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It just—it really is. Your
0: your brain is filling up with words and phrases, and it's like I c- I can't find something fast enough to write it down with, and you yeah, have to get absolutely. that out. I mean, it's it's yeah. so important. It's therapeutic and yeah. all of those other things. But absolutely. If you have yeah. if you have the gift of words, you should share it. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. <laughs> um, I have to ask you, how did you? And you can be honest. You don't have to like um. I'm just kidding. Not that you were how not, honest. Not, on, how not honest. How <laughs> <too>. honest. <laughs> pretty um, candid. <laughs> I know. That's my favorite thing about you. Honestly, I love candid people. Just give it to me straight. Uh, Oregon Wine Experience, yeah. the competition for yes. real. How did you like it?
1: I loved it. I loved it. Not a moment's hesitation in my answer to that. Um, I found it. It was not what I was expecting. So I always love that about. Yeah. I love the unexpected. Uh, so that was part of it I was um on 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 multiple levels um I think it's important to uh for me to express how grateful I was for the organization of it so it was seamless it was we were um the the the, the handling the 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 presentation the the way the wines were th- that piece of it Trish was was extraordinarily well executed and really professional so I really I really admired that and I really appreciated that and then on the wine front just this sort of you know glorious selection Mm -hmm. of of wines that um and uh, you know I I I know Oregon produces some extraordinary wines of course I do and I was I was one of the reasons I was you know so grateful to be asked to judge but i don't think i was expecting anywhere near the sheer diversity and that's exciting for anyone regardless of where you are in your sort of journey in wine to know that there are some really ambitious driven winemakers out there Mm -hmm. who are creating delicious deliciousness for us
0: I know. I yeah. love that. Um, I interviewed all the judges after the competition. And one of the things you said that I actually put in the video, um, I loved it so much. You said there's a fruit purity to Oregon mm. fruit. And mm-hmm. you said it's this big sky, blue sky. Mm. And I just, yeah. you know, I was talking with someone. I'm like, that's it. Because I've I've been trying to figure out what I love about Oregon mm-hmm. wine. Um, and that's it. It's this like, it's just pure and beautiful yes
1: fresh air fresh air um direction and 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 you know we can we can get technical about it it's that's clearly you know that's clearly to do with the ripeness and the the acidity levels and um and then the sort of management of that in the vineyards and and so forth but um but what it boils down to in the glass and the sensation is um it is this yeah this very sort of this very clean very pure very focused Mm
0: -hmm.
1: energy and Mm -hmm. i love i i love that i love that about you know great oregon wine i think it's i think it's a hallmark for sure and you know bear in mind that (laughs) that i've sort of spent years doing this sort of awful um uh masochistic type approach to wine tasting which is (laughs) which is everything's blind You know, so 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 you're you know, you're really having to kind of drill deep to to work out what it is that you're tasting and then work out what that means to you and map that in your mind as to what that could therefore lead you to believe the wine has come from, you know, where where it's come from. So, yes, I I spent. Oh, too much time nope. doing that, Trish.
0: No, I, it, I, I have to tell you, this is my second competition that I've worked, and I, for those who don't know, I do a lot of work with Oregon Wine Experience, and the competition this year, um, I got to sit in and take lots of video of all of you guys sipping and yeah. spitting and note taking,
1: and the dis- we must look like madmen. No,
0: uh, Vincent, <laughs> Vincent was the one who just was just spitting and spitting and spitting and I told right. him later I'm like you spit a lot a lot. a lot um a lot. the discussion was my favorite though listening yes, to you guys discuss th- these wines that you know some are in my backyard I'm like this is yeah. so cool it's just yeah. really cool to listen to yeah
1: and to live in a region that produces wine is is a real blessing isn't it I I agree I I you know I moved to France really because I was h- hoping my children would love france as much as i had growing up but it was also to work in the wine industry there and to work and to live surrounded by vineyards and um because i think there's something magical about wine regions it's it's to do with the cycle of life of season seasonality is so important you watch it you literally watch it through through the through the prism of 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 a vine of a you know of a a vineyard and uh, I love that about it and again so connected with the food also Mm -hmm. in the seasonality so um you know living living here in California again I get I get I get to to watch that around me just as just as you do and I, I I think it's special
0: I could not agree with you more and right now you know, our region's kind of buzzing because harvest is coming up. and Because of
1: harvest. Best re- best season. Yeah. Yes. I,
0: I don't do crap with harvest. I just, I get to yeah. like take video of all yeah, these exactly. other people working.
1: And Trish, Trish, you don't want to. It's no, really hard work. No, I don't. <laughs> it's backbreaking. It's sweaty. It's dirty. It's <laughs> and earwigs. I
0: cannot do earwigs, Claire. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I'm with you.
1: No, the bugs. The much less romantic side of, of so the, the real farming. I've decided, farming.
0: which I think is brilliant on my part, to stay in my lane and do what I do best <laughs> and document the harvest, right? But no, there is something exactly. so beautiful about this anticipation of the fruit, yes. this years yes. of work, right? Coming off the vine. Yeah. And I will never... It's primal.
1: It, it is. yes, yeah. It's primal. I will it's, never take it, it, it for it, granted. It, 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 No, it taps into our very humanity, into our Mm -hmm. sort of source of of life, of, you know, wanting life, of watching, you know, of of generating and and movement as well, movement, passage of time. Um, It always sort of slightly. I always really admire, um, you know, the vineyard owners, winemakers who have stayed with a property. You know, see, these either, are you know they've either inherited it or they just happen to have found their sort of you know their their placement and right. and they they watch it year after year after year and then and then they talk about this is my twentieth vintage or my twenty fifth or and you think gosh there we go it's this sort of beautiful idea of continuation I know. um but but also uh, but also the passage of time you know which is which which has is a little nostalgic as well
0: I agree and you look at these vines that are twenty years old. Still producing yeah. this incredible fruit, and you're just, yeah. I I am, yeah. I am blown away. And I've lived here for, yeah. um, twenty years, and I still, when we're driving through, you know, Southern Oregon, and you just these green vines, and there's acres of them. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, look, 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 yeah. like a kid. Yeah. And I yeah. I'm never going to get sick of it. I'm just not.
1: No, I don't. No, I don't think I am either. Well, I hope I'm not. And no, and right. I think the other thing that I find so inspiring always is, you know, opening an older bottle, opening uh, opening an older vintage and either sort of, you know, and you, and you open these older wines for all sorts of reasons. You know, often it's because you've kept it for a special occasion or you've been gifted it. Um, or you're very fortunate and you're, you know, you're asked to taste something a little older, but I, I, those are the, those are the moments I think I, I cherish the most because, because older wines are fragile, just as, you know, just as we become more fragile and yet they have this extraordinary story to tell. So going back to what we talked about listening, you know, um, you, you can you can I know this sounds very fanciful and, and I apologize but you can kind of listen to an old wine you know and 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 just find out what it's telling you um and uh, and again let your mind wander to what was happening at that time when that wine was being made that that again is another sort of way of beating time if you like or or, or time traveling and I have always been fascinated. By that piece of wine appreciation as well.
0: Yeah, who touched those grapes? Who? Yeah. Who put Oh this in the my bottle? goodness!
1: I mean, I tasted in Germany. I was telling you, I was in at the symposium, and they opened some 1945 Riesling. And you think at a time when the world, especially Germany, you know, when when the, it, there must have been so much sorrow, you know, so much um uh, terrible, ter- terrible to even sort of think, and yet, and yet here was a wine it was made. Someone made that wine through the tears, you know, someone managed to pick the grapes and make the wine. And I, I I find that powerful. Mm -hmm. I find that powerful.
0: Me too. Me too. Um, (laughs) we're going to wrap up a little bit and get to the final three, but I have to ask when you're a long day at work or it's the weekend and you are like, I want a glass of wine. What, I mean, what do you just like I'm kind of cheating a little bit because this is part of the final three, but what do you just like, what's the wine you're like your go-to?
1: I, well, I don't have a go-to, but I would usually, it would usually be a a cold, a chilled wine. So mm-hmm. either a glass of white wine or a glass of rosé. And it would always be dry. So that would be my sort of, that would be my first choice. Okay, And probably... Something like something acidity driven mm. just to give me that sort of, OK, remember, Claire, you know, hold yourself up. It's yeah. all good. It's all fine. You know, you've done it. You got through. Um, this is going to give you the sort of just a, a little bit of a, a stand up. Right. Stand up evasion. Yeah. Well uh-huh. done.
0: Uh huh. I feel that. <laughs> um, your reaction, you take the judges tasted this uh, rose bubbles. I believe oh, it was yes, from I the Willamette. It your yes. reaction was priceless yes. you loved yes. that wine oh. i love
1: that yes how exciting to um come across a, again it's what i love about the unexpected or, or what i love i love unexpected things so um and again wine can do that to you you're not you're 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 handed a glass or you're asked to ask for a comment on the glass and and you think oh you know i'll do my do my thing and you know and then you taste it and you go oh, wow that's you know that's got me going you know something about this that has really um really intrigued me or woken me up or whatever it is and yes i did love that bubbles bubbles are always good bubbles. but but frankly yeah
0: bubbles are the best not,
1: not all bubbles are always good but but right. but a good but good bubbles are are, are, a, are a great um uh, uh, a great start or an end to any any evening <laughs>
0: I um I was in a play in high school and I was supposed to be like kind of a ditzy maid type person and my nickname mm-hmm. was Bubbles during that play. Oh, oh. There we go. <laughs> and I loved I love that nickname. Um. All right, Claire oh, Tooley, yeah. we are going to wrap up and get to the final three. Uh, best okay. advice you've ever been given.
1: Well, you know it's funny. It's funny. You we've just been talking about it. So, I think one of the best pieces of advice I was given. Was by a lady in uh, Champagne in two thousand and four, and she said to me, Claire. She said, "Keep your bubble count high." And I love that because because you can you can read into it whatever you want. But this idea of keep your bubble count always high is um, it, you know keep your head high, keep your but this idea of you know and champagne. Obviously, if you if, you, if you're offered a glass of champagne take it yeah always (laughs) keep keep your bubble count high in life
0: um i have a sticker on my water bottle that says chin up
1: tits out (laughs) even better (laughs) (laughs) and keep your bubble count high (laughs) and yeah
0: i yes but yeah i mean it's a it's along the same line right i
1: completely agree i completely agree it's you know it it's it's tough it's sometimes tough mm-hmm. so keep it yeah keep it up keep it up <laughs> keep it up ladies
0: <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh what's your happy place
1: um okay so that's that's quite easy uh, it's the ocean for me mm. so um it, which i know it is for for many many people that proximity to that walking along a beach that proximity to the waves the the sort of enormity of the ocean is something that gets me every time but it's also funny enough I think connected to my mother so I mentioned my mother so I lost her 17 years ago and um, uh, she was a she was an extraordinary lady but she always when we were growing up we used to go on holiday to the to the beach and she would always say um breathe breathe in breathe that sea air you know so I think that there's and we always loved her for it and she would sort of you know throw her arms up and you know, breathe in. And so I, so I remember that always, I think that's connected, but it is, there is something very, very special for me about the ocean. Yeah. So definitely, definitely a beach.
0: I agree. Oregon coast. I don't know if you've seen the Oregon coast.
1: Oh, the Oregon coast is exactly. And that's a sort of perfect example mm-hmm. of this oxygen rich, massive, open space and there's and 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 it's empty I mean it was empty when I was there it's it's this it's uh, it's just this privilege of space
0: agree um okay in all things food and drink what do you crave
1: I I find this quite a hard question um so salinity salt Mm. I think that for me is something that I, I would always I'd always go for and that's obviously um you know I have a sort of never turned down a cashew nut but um you know <laughs> but but I think I think you know anything that sort of has that saline maybe it's the sea thing yeah. going on I yeah. don't know maybe it's maybe it's that but you know in wines it's things like the sort of a Galician Albarino or a or a you know or a Chablis you know or a uh or a Sancerre you know something sort of something sort of tingly and 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 saline and so um I never have a, I rarely if ever have a dessert, for example, at a, at a restaurant, usually because, you know, you get to that point and you've probably eaten too much, but it, that isn't, that is, that isn't what interests me. It's always the sort of what's the same, what's the starter? What's the, you know, what's the salty,
0: the savory, yeah, the
1: savory. yeah. Yeah. But, but quite sort of quite, quite driven.
0: Yeah. It's very interesting people who have, I do not have a sweet tooth. But people who have sweet tooths, like my husband, can eat an entire gallon of ice cream if you let him. Yeah. I just can't.
1: Yeah. No, too much. Too sweet. And and I think that um when I moved here, uh when I moved to the States, I was a little I was a little shocked by just how sweet everything seems to be here, including the bread, you know, which I which I was sort of really nonplussed by to start with. So sugar, I think, is a big deal here. Um, and maybe that's also why I sort of crave yeah crave salt crave salinity
0: for sure um master of wine Claire Tooley I want to thank oh. you so much um you understood the assignment today you were very uh not surface which I appreciate and not only did you take me somewhere but you let me in like behind the curtain a little bit so thank you oh.
1: no Trish thank, thank you I um you know you know I admire you and so talking to you is, uh, has been a real privilege. So thank you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yay. Well, I just, again, I appreciate you sharing your heart and your stories with me. Um, And I'm just, um, you know, I'm following you on Instagram now, so I'm going to be listening.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, You'll you'll see all sorts.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to Hungry for More, an Epicurean's Dilemma with me, Trish Gloss. You can watch this podcast and subscribe on my YouTube channel. Just search Hungry for More and Epicurean's Dilemma. You can also listen and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.